0: Welcome to the HR Like a Boss podcast. I'm your host, John Bernadovich. Thank you so much for listening. Please consider liking, commenting, subscribing, and sharing with a friend. I've embarked on a journey to get to know amazingly awesome HR and business professionals with the hope to find out what it takes to do HR Like a Boss. On today's show, I'm so excited to have Chris McWiggin. Chris is a friend that I made through Disrupt HR. She did an amazing job presenting a number of years ago, and I think she's going back this year to Disrupt in Cleveland. So Chris, welcome to the HR Like a Boss podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me, John.
0: Yeah, fantastic. I know we've, we first met at Disrupt, and then I know we have like, like-minded aspirations of trying to help people mm-hmm. achieve their best I know you have a really cool business around uh, career coaching and counseling, and you're writing a book. So tell tell our crowd and the, those listening uh, what, what you're up to these days and uh, how they can get in touch with you.
1: Sure. So my company, Professional Courage, is serving both individual and corporate clients. Essentially, we're looking to build a workforce that's motivated to compete and climb. So we help individuals who are looking to make a transition, whether that's a promotion inside of their current department or they're looking to do something completely different. We support them with career collateral, marketing materials, and overall strategy. And then we work with corporate partners on how to minimize the flight risk of their high potentials and really, um, you know, create that exponential impact on their bottom line by not losing talent out the door and keeping some of those best people in house. So Um, I work mostly on strategy for the business and helping to develop the team so that I can eventually step out of the business and still have it running and serving the community. And uh, I think that you mentioned something that we have in common in terms of aspirations is I am getting ready to release my first book this year. So that's been taking up quite a bit of my time.
0: I I definitely empathize with you there. I didn't realize... (laughs) how writing a book would take on a life of its own, not a full-time job in and of itself, but it feels like one at Wait
1: until you get to the marketing part. That is a full-time job for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I've heard. Well, you, you've been on the speaker circuit for a lot longer than I have and have built up a great network in that sense. I'm curious back to what you shared earlier, they support both individuals in their career uh, climb, as you'll call it, and uh, achieving their best possible self. And then also, with corporate clients. I assume the latter part of your business has been pretty popular these days with the the great resignation and all that's been going on. Like, Tell me about what you do there. I'm just more curious than anything else. I'm sure our listeners are too.
1: Absolutely. So we provide not only executive coaching, but also management training. A lot of that training is focused on creating a coaching culture within your organization and making sure that um, individuals and managers are equipped to provide their staff with real career management skills and have those good conversations that are really going to be effective and create some not only loyalty for their employees, but also a sense for where it is that they can continue to intentionally navigate the, the inside of the organization so they can stay there, but make sure they're finding the right fit for themselves.
0: And you're really honing in on that, that consulting work to the managers, because with the old age adage, which is, you know, in. Well known that uh, you leave a job for a manager you report to, so you're going to get right to the problem, right?
1: Absolutely. So we do have some programming where they'll have us deliver directly to the front line or to a mid-management team, but we try to work mostly with you know uh, the director level and above, so that those individuals are well equipped to continue to bring up the next you know the next in line.
0: Cool. Well, if you have any flight risks at your company and look for someone to coach your managers make sure that you find Chris through her website. We'll have all the stuff on the uh, social media platforms when we roll out uh, this particular podcast. But I always start off the very first formal question. This is, a, this is a podcast about HR, Chris, and about doing it. Above Average, Amazingly Awesome is preferred. Tell me how you would describe the purpose of the function of human resources.
1: Sure, I mean, I think it's about coordinating an organization's workforce and making sure that you're really leveraging the talents of the work pool of the employees that you have in front of you. And I think that that means having to understand and get to know the talents of those employees and create an environment at the same time that they're gonna be willing and interested in not only utilizing those talents, but continuing to grow in different ways and develop more talent so that you can continue that cycle within the organization. So yeah, the people
0: wanna, stuff is the short answer, right? No, I get you. Yeah, here, yeah, for sure. One of the things I'm driving toward in the book is around this concept of connecting your people, top talent, into the purpose of your business. And I think a lot of times it's not abundantly clear, like why are we doing this business? I I, I have this informal survey I do at presentations, and it, it always nets out the companies that are the most tied to a purpose or nonprofits, because all of us that started for-profit businesses did it to make money and likely not work for somebody else maybe your story's different but I'm just curious as to like are you seeing that are you seeing companies that are really driving a purpose that they're able to connect with their people and they get them more intrinsically motivated I, I don't know, I guess I'm I'm teeing you up to say yes to that question I hope that's your answer <laughs>
1: That is my answer. Yes. I think we see that much more, especially as we see generations coming into the workforce that are more value oriented and or are looking for something outside of just this is the job that's going to pay me. And so I think that they are um, want to be attached to the mission and want to feel that mission based work, that value throughout their work day, not just, you know, at an annual meeting once a year.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you. Well, I also I know you talked about the importance of uh, career development to engage and retain your top talent and just curious, in your work with the managers and directors you mentioned before in, in your organization, what's the best way for those directors, those executive level uh, folks to have career conversations with their staff? I know sometimes that can be awkward at times, um, mm-hmm. if and when it gets brought up, maybe at times when, hey, I'm leaving this company and all of a sudden, like, hey, wait a second, let's have a career conversation.
1: Right, that how do that they do a long that more time. effectively? Yeah, how do they do <laughs> yes. that more effectively? Absolutely. So I would say props to any and all managers who are having active career conversations with their staff, because while it's important, I don't think it's always intuitive. Right. So I'm glad that people are starting to recognize this need um, to create some level of fulfillment for their employees beyond just kind of the taking aspect. And one of the most important keys to really engaging in those discussions, I think, is recognizing that there is a difference between managing and coaching. And there's the right time and place for both of them, right? But a management approach is really based on having a performance orientation, whereas coaching is predicated on more of a learning orientation. So really managers can come into the discussion with genuine curiosity as to how they can empower or remove barriers or guide this employee, this team member along the path. And that's going to go a long way toward more sustainable success than simply Oh, let's talk once a year at the end of your performance evaluation about what job you're hoping to retain next, and I'll see if I can make an introduction.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I remember back in the day when I was in corporate America. I'll never forget. Um, I was not presented with a promotional opportunity until I was. I told the company I was going to leave to take another position. Of All of a sudden, mm-hmm. out of the blue, this hey, there's this job that we have in this different right. division that we think oh, would be would great thought? for you. Wait a second. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I did take that job because it was better than the one that I had offered to leave. But I thought I was so curious that my, my manager at the time, maybe he will be listening. He'll, he'll remember those moments. That was a very <laughs> awkward, awkward yeah. situation for me. And I, I remember vividly, like, how do I process this information right now?
1: Yeah. And sometimes even along the way, if it's not some massive career conversation or someone who's asking for, again, a promotion or a new project, it's sometimes just that curiosity of asking more of, we say, like, ask more of a, a what question instead of a why. So not why did you do it that way, but like, What would you do differently if you were presented with this project again? Even some of those debrief questions after, you know, a particular project or initiative has happened, that's more of a coaching curiosity to help that person grow and feel like you're invested in them continuing to get better than just simply like, tell me the why, give me all the outcomes and let's move on.
0: Yeah, you remind me of Chris Boss's book, Never Split the Difference. That was the one mm. thing I pulled from it. I don't know if you've read it before, but he I have. That's a great the book. why, right? It's a great book. And as I as I read these books, and maybe maybe you you've had this thought myself, like what's the one thing that people are gonna take from H or like a boss or from your book? Because that's mm. usually what when you you break down a book, two hundred word or two hundred pages or whatever the yeah. the duration of it is, people end up getting one or two things out of it. And uh, I'm curious, I'm curious what it'll be with your book.
1: I am as well. <laughs> yeah. Um. I can I tell you what I hope that they can.
0: Add? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that wasn't really a question. We're just <laughs> we're just wrapping back and forth here. It was a. Te- I'm doing a terrible job as a host on this show. No, today.
1: not at all. I appreciate the conversation. So yes, I hope that people walk away from reading my book with a you know a sense of how it is that they can navigate change and really kind of take control of some of the decisions in their life and thereby create some really long lasting results. So of all the things that they can that they can move with, I hope that they understand that they can initiate change that can make a big difference.
0: Yeah, empowering them to take control of their career. It's, it's mm-hmm. amazing how in us talking with candidates all the time, how I, I don't feel like they have that that inspiration at times. They feel like they're at the mercy of what job is offered to them or, or who they're working for. I think that's great. So Chris, I want to jump back into your book. I know it's super exciting for you to to have that publishing date coming up. So please tell our listeners a little bit about Uh, what you have going on to promote the book, some dates, and how we get a hold of uh, that great book.
1: Absolutely, thank you. So the official launch date for the Requisite Courage will be on October 18th, but you can actually pre-order on Barnes & Noble or even Amazon right now. Uh, The opportunity exists though to get an advanced reader copy in the hands of your team members. I'm actually doing a tour where I'm traveling around to various cities and sharing these field-tested science-based tips on fear management. And so um, if you're looking to have that for your team, help them move toward the fear and then see their courage build and, and get some results from there around retaining your high performers and better articulating your own value and change management and all that good stuff. Um, that information you could certainly also find at the book website. and the website is the title of the book, the You can sign up for email updates or just gather more information about our upcoming launch.
0: Awesome. Are you actually going to do a book signing? I've been asked that question a number of times. Are you gonna are, are there gonna be yes. a lineup outside of Barnes and Noble's? Sure. Get, go ahead, tell tell I us mean, how can about. how
1: can you not, right? That's gotta know, be the cool like, part. You, know, you just did yeah. all the work. You've gotta, you've gotta make that part happen. So yes, there are a couple of book signings that are already on the schedule that'll happen later in the fall. Again, you want to kind of make it around the time that people can actually get that book in their hands and start to support the bookstore that you're sitting in. Um, But I have fingers crossed we'll also be at a couple of Barnes and Nobles around Northeast Ohio.
0: I love it. Let me know when it is and I'll stop by and I'll gladly purchase a copy and you can sign away. That'd be fantastic. I
1: appreciate appreciate that.
0: Yeah, so cool. All right. Well, you were talking about promotion of your book. I have to take a quick pause in the middle of this podcast. Now we've had some technical issues. I have to, just let everybody know, Chris has been a great sport, uh, nothing but PC issues and internet issues on today's podcast. If you didn't notice it, that means our production crew is doing a great job to make sure that we put on this podcast without a hitch. So thanks to no internet and the clouds are uh, are not looming. I'm not going to get struck by lightning here as I read through the promo for Willery, which is our sponsor, and they're incredibly near and dear to my heart. Willery has supported the formation and continues to provide resources needed to put on this podcast and get great guests like you, Chris, to join us. Willery's purpose is to empower people and is focused on supporting mid-sized businesses with their search and staffing services, along with a unique client-side HR technology consulting practice. If you're struggling to find talent for your HR and payroll teams, or you're not getting the return on your investment for your HR technology, please visit willery.com to learn more. And there's the plug. Got through, it, it's all good. And we'll continue on today's interview. Unless you have anything like great to say about Willery, Chris, not, nothing like putting you on the spot.
1: I think Willery is outstanding. And anyone who is, again, looking for that level of support in their company would certainly benefit from having a conversation with you or your team member.
0: Awesome spokesman. Thank you so much. All right. So next, we're going to talk about this thing of the great resignation. I actually got an email today. From a client that said the Great Resignation is hitting my company hard, and mm-hmm. basically they had lost a handful of executives at their organization, and they they tied it back to one specific thing, of which um, they think their 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 particular comp strategy doesn't line up with what uh, is is in the marketplace. But I know there's always a wide variety of reasons as to why the great resignation is is impacting organizations. So so from a large corporate to small business, I'm just curious what, what leaders can do to hold on to their high potential employees in today's environment. What suggestions do you have for them, Chris?
1: Sure. And while I agree that comp is important, I think you even mentioned earlier, John, that look, people leave because of their leader. Ultimately, if I am that loyal and committed to my manager and I believe that they are supporting me into my future career development and my overall growth, I'm more likely to stay, even if the money is not quite where I want it to be. So, you know, I think that overall there, it's not a secret that the last few generations that have entered the workforce are looking for that career growth. They're looking for development. Long gone are the days when I expect to spend a lifetime at the same company. And those days took with them also, even just being stagnant within the same organization. And so leaders, I think that support intentional career pathing, that are helping people learn and leverage their strengths, their interests, their values, and sort of navigate the internal network within the organization to make sure that they have exposure and an idea of what that ongoing career path is gonna look like. I think that is really how they can position themselves for success and certainly help to retain some of that talent who is maybe thinking three to five years out, and it's not just about the money, but where, where will they be and what kind of opportunities will be available to them.
0: Yeah, that's great. I think in those conversations, you do them the right way. You can identify stretch assignments for team members, things that they are interested in, what their personal interests are, like what they're trying to aspire to get accomplished in their life. They want to buy a new house or they want to go on a particular vacation or do something that at the end of the day, you as an employer should have a vested interest in supporting them to get there so that they can achieve that. And that's the benefit of working, right? If I work, I make this money, then I can do things that I want with that money.
1: Right. And I think that we as leaders of organizations forget that there are no career centers once you leave college. So where else are they supposed to find this information? More and more employers are looking for it from their leaders, their supervisors, their company's owners. Like you helped me with my career because there's no one else out there doing that.
0: Yeah. Do you you find I mean, you work with managers all the time that are Mm -hmm. obviously their employer hired you because either there's they see an opportunity or there's a challenge. Do you see managers having the struggle of like, well, I don't want to have that conversation with one of my employees because if I do, then they're going to quit and then all of a sudden I got to find someone else to fill their role. They kind of look at it in their own myopic selfish manner as opposed Mm -hmm. to a broader I'm really here to serve the employee, and I hope they stay with me but if they don't I want them to be successful with wherever they go.
1: Sure, so I have found quite the opposite, actually. I think first, um, they're eager to learn how to have those conversations because m- much in the same way that we promote technical people because they're really good at their technical skill and then they don't they've never learned how to be a manager, managers have never learned how to be coaches. They don't, you know they unlikely received career development coaching from their supervisors, so it's a whole new world. So I find they avoid those conversations more because they're just not sure how to have them. But once they have the toolkit, it's really again about, helping the team member understand their value set and the strengths they bring to the table, and then aligning that with what's going on in the organization. So you're not helping them align it for the outside world, although that is you know, an eventual side effect. It's really um, increasing their stick to to be within the organization because they can more closely see that they can be their authentic self and bring their authentic talent and still be within this organization and bring value.
0: Yeah, no, it makes a ton of sense. I know reference it in my book, but I think it's just under five years is the amount of time. So zero to five years, most managers get no training. It's within mm-hmm. that five to seven year time frame that finally somebody realized, say, hey, wait, you're a manager or you're a leader. <laughs> we should probably get you some training different than Isn't what you did to get promoted into this job. It's just, it's, it's kind of like as I describe it, it's like just you know, unceremoniously pushing your kid in the deep end of the pool and say, figure out how to swim. <laughs> sure, right? Like- yes.
1: <laughs> yes. And more and more, we also see these high growth companies right now that are, you know, bringing on 50 to hundred to 150 new employees after they just started three or four years ago. And they have absolutely no H as you more than know, no HR structure in place, let alone the idea of supplementing HR with additional coaching and helping these managers you know uh, continue to develop their talent. So yeah, it, it is happening all over but it's a real pain point for f- you know fast growing high growth companies.
0: Yeah, and I think the great resignation and all that's going on is putting a, a gigantic spotlight on talent acquisition, talent development. It's been long overdue. It's on everyone's radar, CEO, executive mm-hmm. level folks were before maybe there were a few open requisitions and and the leadership team wasn't as focused on that. So for the sake of the well-being of the future of work. I think this is a great thing, but it's going to take, it's going to be painful for a lot of folks to, to work through that and, and whatnot. But great. so speaking of like great, amazingly awesome, the, the book is called HR Like a Boss. The podcast is HR Like a Boss. And I get all of my guests out of here on one last question. Chris, how do you describe someone that does HR Like a Boss?
1: Mm, a Great question. Um, again, it's, it's not a secret that I'm all about authenticity and audacity. And from an HR perspective, I think that's really coming forward and having a commitment to the organization and the employees and seeking to find that alignment between the organization's priorities and the employees' priorities and kind of bringing those in together into alignment whenever possible. So I think you HR like a boss when you are striving to... Um, again, authenticity throughout the organization in a way that feels very aligned to what that person uh, came to do and feels like they can do in the future.
0: Fantastic. I really enjoyed having you on the show, Chris, your dear friend. I wish you nothing but the best with your book launch. Sounds like that marketing of that's going to be fun. At the same time, a fair amount of work. And I can't wait to uh, go to that Barnes and Nobles and support you. I look Thank forward you. to those details. But real quick, I'm going to just do a quick recap of today's show. And again, I appreciate Chris Chris's stick to as we ran into some technical issues recording today's show. And as you probably noticed, she did not skip a beat for one second. Uh, there, there's a couple of things that stood out to me. The last thing you said is, is the ability to be authentic while, while having audacity. And there's a level of confidence that comes with that. I think sometimes is not always present in, in the field of human resources. We spent a lot of time talking about coaching over management or as a complement to management. And that's a skill. That every director, executive, coach, leader needs to develop. It's probably not instinctually part of who you are. And more times than not, you haven't gotten the appropriate training. If you need some, find Chris on LinkedIn or through our social media channels to help you and your leadership team out. And then the ability for human resources really to leverage that to get the best out of their talent that they have. They have this great talent pool within your organization. And a lot of that has to do with having real career conversations with your employees and just not worrying about them making sure they get the job done that's at hand. So Chris, thank you so much for being on today's show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for checking out the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please consider leaving a rating or review. And better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. Until next time, let's continue to aspire to do amazingly awesome HR.